Live from your student union. This is D1. That's a heartbeat there. I'm having a dramatic opening. That's what we're going for. And then we'll gradually, we'll fade in more sounds. And then we will experience our birth on air. And we'll make sounds as though we're being born. That's how I sounded. <laughs> is that what happens at a general birth? You hear the, the heartbeat build slowly. <laughs> That's what I is find. That, is that what midwives do? They stick their fingers right up there and look for a pulse. <laughs> they stick it up there. They get the little stethoscope and just sort of <laughs> elbow deep, Lunch find right. the heart. Oh, there it is. Cool. So um, welcome to, uh, what's this, episode four are four, we on now? Yeah. Episode four of Verbal Discharge. Um, neither... Benjamin, our nope. sometimes host, sometimes not, or Jordan, our meant to be host, but you sometimes not. not. Um, neither of them could do it. So again, again, again. Not with any spite terrible. in that word, but no, Jordan. Um, if you are listening, I hope your legs can get reattached. I was sorry to hear about that. So taking the place of Ben and Jordan is this week, Martin. All right, how's it going, Martin? Not bad, man. I, I expected more applause, to be honest. There you go. Thank you. In. Thank you. There you go. Welcoming you into the studio. Was it Martin's birth we were celebrating? I think there? so. Maybe was that this... was. Mm. This was is your... Birth. This is my radio birth. Mm. Radio birth. Mm. If that's not a band name, I don't know what is. <laughs> that's how, perfect. How was the stethoscope? The stethoscope cold, man. It, you, you, and, and those fingers coming at you was terrifying. I'd imagine. They don't get you ready for that. You know, before your skin's even had time to form. <laughs> someone's forcing a stethoscope in your direction. Yeah. I think we're going to have to, over the course of the two hours, the paramedics will be in to take your mum out of here. Mm. Who, <laughs> it's, it's quite a state here in the corner of the room. I'm trying to avoid my glare. Is that a slightly more highbrow your mum joke? <laughs> Oi, mate, paramedic's going to take your mum in it. Yeah. I was more referring to the fact that that's who tends to give birth. Moms? Yes. Um, or just specifically I mean, I your mum. Straight back at you. Oh, I, I, Bad I, your mum joke. I'd cry, but for the sake of professionalism. That's what we're all about on this show. Bad your mum jokes. And if you've got a bad your mum joke you'd like <laughs> to share with us, um, you can contact us. And to be honest, chances are we will mention you. Um, and you can, your mother. And your mother. We will yeah. insult her relentlessly. We won't. Please do get in touch. We're, Facebook is Verbal Discharge. You just search for us, find us. Um, you can find us. Twitter is Verb Dis Radio, or rather at Verb Dis Radio. At, as in the big things from Star Wars. Or were they the at ats? Broadcasting live into your student union shops, Keddies, and Artique. This, this is D1. So, um, Robbie, Hello. supposedly you've, you've got a thing that you've brought. I've got a thing that i brought. Today, I went into town, the glorious town of Derby. Oh, that's where we are. Yes. Identif- uh, hopefully all the listeners are identifying. They know what Derby is. Um, apart from our German listener, who's just completely lost. <laughs> I'm still baffled as to the guy who listens from Germany. Anyway, I went to WH Smith's, and I looked through the range of magazines. Okay. I thought there were some terrific ones. There's Practical Poultry, which is a favourite of mine. Practical Poultry. Practical Poultry, which is four ninety nine. if you want to buy a copy. I couldn't afford about... his subscription. No. Is it about really efficient chickens, or <laughs> I, they, I imagine, they clock yeah. around everywhere in suits and little ties? <laughs> I instead, though, bought a copy of Tractor and Machinery Monthly. <laughs> oh, mate, that, that is a good one. Here we go. This okay. month, on the cover... They're celebrating 50 years of the Red Giants. Ah, oh, the Red Giants. We all remember when they were introduced. 18-page special on restoring, repairing, and buying them. 
the tractor herd Plus around the, the world. Inside story on the Ford 6X launch. Oh. Now, this cost me three ninety nine five, so this may come up in future weeks. I may have to mine this as much as possible <laughs> just to get my money's worth out of it. But what I want to direct you to is the mailbag. The in this month's copy edition of Tractor Machinery magazine, which is, by the way, the world's best-selling tractor magazine. Oh, and we all know what it's like in the cutthroat world of tractor magazines. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. There were three or four. I almost bought a copy of um, Classical Tractors. <laughs> <laughs> which is an actual magazine that exists. Oh, that's fantastic. And it, was, it mostly comprised of like interviews with people that had rebuilt tractors. And... <laughs> See, because I'm imagining that when you read it, the accent still comes through. I'm, I'm going to make a magazine for medieval tractors. It's just a magazine about cows. <laughs> tractors, historically. Yeah. Weekly? I don't know. We're just throwing I... names at the wall, seeing what sticks. Okay, so now the editor has responded to the majority of, resp- of letters in their postbag. However, I assume some of them just went, what am I supposed to say back to that? And I think in that case, I'm going to read you some responses and pa- no, some sorry letters that okay. Tractor Monthly or whatever it's called has received, and see if you can perhaps respond in the way the editor would. Right, I'm... and then as well the ones where such as the letter from uh, Roger Firma via email. I'm perhaps excited. you could respond. So this is one example. This is titled "Multi-Power Mishap." Dear T and M, they refer to themselves as T and M, and it's in italics. <laughs> I normally buy T&M every month, then pass it on to my friend, Stephen Peterson. Ah. Both he and myself were very interested in the restoration of Alan Mould's MF35X <laughs> multi-power 256. Is that a model number for a tractor? <laughs> yeah, but it's also got the guy's name. Like, Alan Mould's clearly the guy that rebuilt it. As though all the readers are going to go, oh yeah, him. Because they all know each other. <laughs> Good old Alan. But yeah, Stephen Peterson and um, this man clearly know themselves. Know themselves? Know themselves. <laughs> Did they go on a tractor-based soul-searching <laughs> journey? <laughs> it was. It was much of the tractor equivalent of Eat, Pray, Love. Um, okay. <laughs> so Stephen made an observation that I had missed. He noticed that the small Ferguson system sticker on the back corner of the bonnet was facing backwards rather than forwards. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> twist. What a knee slapper. <laughs> Nevertheless, an excellent job from Drew Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless. From Drew Anderson via email. <laughs> so how, if you were the editor of um, Tractor Whatever It Was Monthly, Tractor Machinery Monthly, how do you respond? Oh, God, how do you even begin to uh, apologise for getting the sticks the, Obviously, stick the wrong way around? you know, as, as a person who grew up on farms around tractors and okay. such things, mm-hmm. you know, um, I can understand the, the sheer anger that can go through a person when you, you, you know... You get a brand new tractor. It's yeah. beautiful. That, you, know, you know, you're sitting there, you're really excited to go, like, cruising in it and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you want to get cruising. some Mackies on it and, you know. And, uh, I'd yeah. I'd love to take a tractor through the drive-thru. I'll be honest, if somebody put a sticker the wrong way around on my tractor, there, <laughs> there'd be murders. Murders? Actual murders. Like, murders. Well, it doesn't take one person to put a sticker on. Like, he puts the sticker on, but he, he's got a manager. You're going to go for his family as well? Yeah, <laughs> mate. Tractors are important thing. So yeah. This is how the editor is responding through m- threats of murder. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say so. Um, I would say I don't know. Just uh, it's a, it's a sticker. Take it off and put it back the right way around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the editor did write. Thank you, Drew. I'm sure Alan will rectify his mistake as soon as he reads this. <laughs> As soon as he reads that. The thing is, this is a specific guy that he's gone, that guy, what a slouch. He's put his sticker on the wrong way around. And he definitely reads this publication. 
there's then two photos people a number of photos people have sent in of just tractors that they've restored or built right um so I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll show you both the photo here uh, sent in by john corson who says dear tnm i thought you might like to see this photograph it shows Mike Brockway and his family. So it's not even him. He's in a picture <laughs> of another man. He's and an his imposter. Pl- and his wife on with their triple D at the uh, Mendip <laughs> oh. ploughing match. <laughs> ploughing match on the 23rd of September. So triple there, there you are. You can see. Where are we looking? Is she like there, the that? Blue, blue photo. Or the photo of the blue tractor. Sorry? If she's a triple D, she like that mutant uh, from the first Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a reference for our uh, more Arnie... Okay, what what have we got here? Detective work. Oh, ploughing pair. Ploughing so, pair. Yeah. The ploughing pair. To clarify, what I'm doing here is I've Thank just you. been shown the pictures of this tractor. It's being passed around the table <laughs> like we're schoolboys with a magazine <laughs> we stole from an older brother. Hey, look at Mike Brockway's wife. <laughs> <laughs> look at the, the plough ploughing going on, on on that. I feel there's a lot of euphemisms that we could get out of this tractor magazine. Probably. You know what I mean? But it's the ones we could uh, say on air and get away <laughs> with we need to be concerned about. Uh, I'll read you another letter from... And I, but I haven't read any of these. I'm sort of going to guess at which one's the ones most worth reading. Cherry pick the good ones. Hopefully. And then next week I will have read them and we'll come back and do this feature again. Um, <laughs> so, Engine Error. Dear oh. TNM, with reference to the great article... Great article. Superb article. On Leyland's Tractors by Howard Sherrand in the August issue. I would like to point out that the specifications table features a couple of errors. I'm seeing a theme <laughs> emerging here. <laughs> People pointing out problems with the magazine. Okay. Are all the letters, this is how you went wrong in your last issue? The Leyland 262 was powered by the 498 DT engine, which stood for derated tractor. The derated tractor. Derated tractor. The information on the 272 was correct, as it had a 498 NT engine that was stood for normal tractor. <laughs> I mean, okay. this is this guy probably owns some anoraks, doesn't he? <laughs> like he owns some anoraks. I suppose yeah, he, you know, stands at Heathrow with the binoculars. And uh, you know what I mean? He'd, he'd have to if he, in his tractor. If he works on a farm, he'd have to be dressed for all occasions. Um, For anorak. all occasions. Anorak's all occasions, man. Any occasion. Having a bath, I wear an anorak. Black tie <laughs> event, going yeah. in your anorak. Yep. Everyone will be like, oh, he's, he's sharp, isn't he? <laughs> okay, um, but however, that stands for normal tractor. And the 282 was fitted with a 498 TT engine, denoting turbo tractor. Ah. <laughs> this information came from an original Leyland Workshop manual. I hope this is okay, and I don't want to pick holes in what is otherwise a great magazine. Keep up the good work. Paul Sanders via email. Editor responds, thank you, Paul. Unfortunately, mistakes do creep in from time to time. However, I, I <laughs> All have, the time, apparently. I have severely reprimanded Howard over this matter. What do you think has happened to poor Howard Sharon, having made this error in this, this reference table in a copy of Tractors and Machinery Monthly? He's been uh, taken out back by the Tractor Weekly boys, <laughs> and they've uh, you you know, sorted him out. He's been run over by a tractor as a punishment. <laughs> a group of tractor hitmen have been dispatched to deal with him. <laughs> They're just all chasing around, ch- you know, after him on tractors. <laughs> the world of tractors is dark, man. Yeah, it's looking <laughs> that, that terrible way. plane. I mean, hopefully there'll be more from Tractors and Machinery Monthly, um, as I realised that really I couldn't afford to spend three ninety five on a single link. And frankly, I believe it must be a top quality magazine. So perhaps you can tune in at a later date for more from everyone's favourite of the world's best-selling 
Tractor Magazine. Verbal discharge on D1 Radio. It's really good. Why not like our Facebook page? Do you know what my favourite part of that song was? That uh, So What by Pink? Yes. You do I, know. Do, I do you know. know. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. Well, that's it's, that then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the ras- that show sorted, guys. The raspberry she blows at the end, to use a term for the <laughs> noise no one has used in a while. <laughs> what a, I, why, I enjoy that. Why do you think she does do it? So what? Like, just, uh, it's the so what? <laughs> the cavalier attitude she has towards broadcasting. Do you think she's just like a really stubborn child in an adult's body? <laughs> I do. I think that's what the song was getting at. So, guys, you know how the show is uh, growing in strength and popularity constantly? I think it's not too much for me to say that one day... We will rule the world. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I'm, I mean, I'm maybe ho- not you, Martin. You're just a guest. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can we, have, like, Lithuania. We, we, awesome. We'll divvy it up. We, we can make you, like, a baron or something in some <laughs> little-known corner of the world. I'm happy with that. But one thing we'll have to do when we're the leaders of the world, our leaders, we're not going to rule with an iron fist. We're going to talk to the populace. We're going to yeah. get what they want. But we've got to put the foot down. So we've got to be good at arguing. So what I've got here in this hat... <laughs> that was a very, very elaborate setup. Yeah. For, I want you two to have a bit of a scrap. To be honest, I didn't really think about how I was going to set this bit up. I just <laughs> launched into it and somehow created a law behind <laughs> that little joke. So what I've got in this hat, it's not a very stiff hat. It is a beanie, so it's more sort of a glorified mitten at the moment. Mm. There's some slips of paper and there's a point on them. Right. Now, you, Robbie, because you're yes. closer to me and I can pass them to you easier, are going to pick one of these points. Okay. Out of the hat. Okay. And, yeah, and, and read out what it says to us, Robbie. Okay, I'm now reading out the point. It says, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Okay, so now what's going to happen is I'm going to pit you two together or against each other mm. like some sort of crazy-eyed like dogfighter in some seedy underground... Anyway, you're going to have to have an argument with each other for two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. Okay. Two and a half minutes, let's say. Robbie, you are going to argue the point that you would do anything for love, but you wouldn't do that. Okay. Martin, you're going to argue in response that he would do that. Okay. I okay. Can, I can do that. So, are you ready? I think okay. Robbie to launch in first, because he's making the point. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see what happens. Three, two, one, go. Love is a beautiful thing, as I believe T.S. Eliot said. Um, love is love, and is Sophie Ellis-Bexter said. I think I'm citing many of the great minds of the, uh, the 20th, 21st, all the centuries, really. And I feel, as such, I would do almost anything for it. However, I would certainly not do that. Taken into account, um, I'm going to split it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. You say you'd do anything for love. Yes. Absolutely anything. Um, So, like, for argument's sake, you'd run into, I don't know, the... What's the name of the big church? The big church. The big church. The Vatican. Oh, the Vatican. (laughs) The Vatican. (laughs) I'm interested to see where you're going with this. Well, but you know, okay. you know, you'd run into the Vatican, slap somebody with a fish or something like that. You know, slap completely... with a fish. Yeah, just insane. What, what, what type of fish are we talking? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say like a tuna, something a tuna. big, man, a full okay. tuna. A tuna I, is I could, a hefty fish. Yes, I could do a tuna. Actually, I looked at um, not a tin a... of tuna. <laughs> no, I could just lob a tin of tuna at the Pope. True. Um, We're a minute in. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would certainly do that. I mean, it depended on the sort of whims Let of him argue, whoever Owen. I was loving or Fair whatever enough. I was loving. doesn't need to be a person. But you won't do that. I, I won't do that. Now, I'm feeling like that you've got some reason of why you wouldn't do that specifically, but you've just said you would do anything for love, yes. as in like running to... Like, so 
I'm running in circles here. Like I have <laughs> lost myself completely. It's okay. Just, just bring it back. You've, you've got a minute left. Robbie. Drive home the point. Okay. I think you would do that. I I I, <laughs> I feel I wouldn't. I think the uh, any anything in the first half was hyperbole, and as shown by the fact I said I wouldn't do that, and I feel. There were many nondescript actions I would do, but I would not do that nondescript action. Specifically? Yes. Okay. Everyone has a price, mm. I feel. And I, that's a common saying. You, you've heard that yes. one. I have heard that. And I feel that, you know, by, by reaching that 30 price... 30 seconds. You would do that. I don't know. How do you feel I would find myself in a situation in which I would do that for love, specifically? For love? Um, I don't know. Somebody... What if they've got your, your girlfriend, wife, whatever, and they said, you've got to do that, otherwise we'll kill her? Right. Ten seconds. Um, I think I, that- I, no, I, I feel in that case, I would have to think very deeply about it. But at the Three, end of the day, love isn't two, everything, is it? One. Oh, what a somber note to end <laughs> on. Love isn't everything, is it? Now, that was interesting watching that one. I feel, Robbie, you started out a lot stronger. You slipped up a bit there, but, but you brought that one back in, Martin. Mm, I, that, I'm, uh, it's my radio birth, so, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's bound to be messy. Your yeah. mum still hasn't cleared off She's yet. just She's, in the corner in so much pain. It's a hideous sight. Hopefully you can't hear the kind of screeching <laughs> as she drags it. It was her. like an alien. I think um, I'm going to have to award a victory there, too, and I'm sorry to say I'm going to have to give it to Robbie. Thank you. It was, he, don't get me wrong, Robbie slipped up a bit towards the end, but you made a point about slapping someone in the Vatican with some tuna that went nowhere. It didn't. No, I, I, I apologise. I'm fully ashamed by that. I'm going to have to take some points off you for that one. So, to confirm, I think we do know now, it's confirmed, it's official, Robbie wouldn't do anything. No, he would. I would do anything. Do, anything, do for anything for love. anything for love. But... Not that. Or the hits playing all day on your student radio station. D1. James is just returning from the toilet. You're s- yes, uh, I am. Few Unprofessional late. man. Was that was that <laughs> enjoyable? How was? Really weird encounter. Mm. I, I, I use the term encounter. Oh yes, I went in. Yes. And um, I went into one of the uh, cubicles to have mm. to have my wee, and um, another guy came in. Clearly assumed he was on his own, um, and did a really big fart. And then Man. he started kind of doing a voice and going, oh, there she blows. And he was sort of riffing on it and talking in this voice. Little did he know it would be broadcast throughout the whole <laughs> of the internet, really. There was a really weird moment when I was like, I need to alert him to my presence. So I went, <coughs> and just <laughs> coughed. And he quietened down. And when I got out, there was a very clear moment of, you're just aware that I've heard <laughs> you farting and talking to yourself about it. And that was a great encounter. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, I've now... I'm, I'm going to read you a list of names. I'm just going to launch straight into what I'm doing after that okay. terrific toilet anecdote. No worries. No I'm, I'm going to read you a list of names, and I want you to stop me when I name someone that has won an Oscar. But you will be out of the running to win a prize that I don't have um, <laughs> if you call up before on someone that hasn't won an Oscar. Right, okay. Okay? Right, I think, so, I'm, think I'm following. Okay. I'm going to begin, and I want you to call, stop me, when you feel I name someone that has won an Oscar. Okay. Joan Rivers, Clive Barkley, Michael Dunn, Bob Hope, Graham Chapman, Norman Salting, Verity Lambert, William Hartnell, Clive Barkley, Hold Francis... Hold it. Who were you going to say there? Who was I about to say, or who did I just say? Who were you about to say? I was about to say Francis Quinn. Who did you just say? Uh, Clive Barkley. Let's go with that. <laughs> Clive Barkley is a made-up man. <laughs> <laughs> And Francis Quinn was the winner of the Great British Bake Off. No, oh, well, thank you for your twisted mind games. Anyway, oh, by the way, 
I should mention this at the start. Honorary Oscars do not w- count. They don't. They don't count for anything. An honorary Oscar. What's yeah. an honorary Oscar? So you know when they sort of go, you should have won an Oscar, but you didn't. So we'll give <laughs> uh, like DiCaprio's going to get in twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry about that one, Gulf. <laughs> we we just couldn't commit. <laughs> um, Brian Limond, Hogan. H- H- Brian Hogan. Limond is that's, Limmy. That's Limmy, yes. He has not uh, won an Oscar. <laughs> if only. Hogan Holman, uh, Owen McFadden, John Griffiths, Lone Scarfiga, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jim Jones, Jim James, John Jones. Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Jim Jones was, was the man he who, the committed, guy who yeah, committed... He committed... The... He was the cult leader that led to the, ma- the biggest mass suicide in history. Ah. Did he get an Oscar for it? <laughs> that was... It oh, was Jonestown, a, wasn't it? Yes, a the terrific Jones. performance by Jim Jones that led mm. to moving that many people to that point. <laughs> <laughs> um... Jim Jones, Jim James, John Jones, John James, Jim John, uh, Commander Harris from the underpre- underappreciated children's TV series The Rotten Trolls. That Freddy- one. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. <laughs> no. They, they briefly commissioned a spin-off in which it was going to be, uh, be played by Steve Coogan, but it never happened. Oh, he what also a has not won an Oscar. Uh, Freddie Mann, Clive Barkley again. Uh, Clip Clop, Dave Dude, Long Face, Horse Nose, Tom Hardy, <laughs> Federico Fellini. Tom Al- Hardy. He must have won an Oscar. He hasn't. No, Tom, has, he? has he not? He hasn't won an Oscar. Has he been nominated? I don't think so. I don't think really? so. Really? But Tom Hardy's very popular at he's, the moment. And he's a you, you'd think actor. he'd be in yeah. the running for a few. He was Bane, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I that's Tom Hardy. Yeah, you'd think he'd put an Oscar for that, but. Yeah, the Oscars were. couldn't hear what bit, he was saying. They were almost in love with Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy for a big <laughs> period of time. Uh, Every year, oh, well done, Christopher. It's such a good film you've done this time. <laughs> that's, I assume, the voice <laughs> exactly. of, of Oscar. The, the Oscar, Oscar. Uh, Federico Fellini, Alfred Hitchcock. Clive Barkley, Matt Damon. Hitchcock, surely. No, he won an honorary Oscar, but not an actual Oscar oh, for Best what? Director. Yeah. How has Hitchcock not got one? I don't know. Um, Clive Barkley, Matt Damon, Longface's mum, Silent Bob, <laughs> Wayne Rooney, David Hare, Rory Pond, Jordan Reynolds, who isn't here to claim he won one himself, which he didn't, The Undertaker, The Local Undertaker, Andrew <laughs> Castle, uh, Giant Peter, Brian John, Jim's brother, The Puno's Trophy, Matt Damon, Clive Matt Barkley. Damon. Matt Damon has won an Oscar. There no. Matt Damon won an Oscar for um, Best Original Screenplay for Good Will Hunting. Albert Hitchcock, arguably the greatest filmmaker of all time, doesn't have one. But Matt bloody Damon has an Oscar. Do you know the other thing is? He won it with Ben Affleck. Oh, was they that for... Um... They, Good Will Hunting. They won oh, Good Will yeah. Hunting was... Goodwill Hunting was a uh, damn good film, though, so... Mad Damon. <laughs> You've got to do it. You've got to do it. To quickly run through the other answers, just because I wrote them down, so I'm going to go through them. Okay. Uh, so, Matt Damon, that was the second time. Yeah. Clive Barkley, Frank Sybottom, Frank from the Saturdays, Juan Martin Fernandez Lobby, Matt Damon, Jon Snow, the other Jon Snow. For God's sake, the answer's <laughs> Matt Damon, Clive Barkley, Hogman, Clip Clops, Cousin, Slop Clop, Ben Knight, Brian St. John, um, Ghostface Killer, Ice Cube, oh, God, <laughs> Matt Damon already. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, yes, he won for Better Original Gameplay. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, I don't know who Clive Barkley is either. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Johnny Moneybags, the Venice Film Festival for Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon. Ha ha ha, that sure is funny. Welcome back to DE1. Uh, I've been graciously allowed to uh, introduce us back in after that song yeah. from The Falls. The Falls, I believe. Yeah, The Falls. Yeah. And uh, I've, uh, yeah, I'll pass you back over to. It was. <laughs> pass you back over to. Uh... <laughs> I will pass you back over to. So, um, what I've got here is an article that I've, I've got to share because it's magical. This is from the uh, New York Daily Times website, mm-hmm. and it's a news story called. This is the headline. Batman and Joker revolt against proposed city council regulations against Times Square actors. So now, what's, what's Batman doing outside of Gotham? I assume he's on holiday. 
Oh, he's just gone to in New Times York. Square, yeah. And he can't help but fight crime. <laughs> he's got to go to Times Square. <laughs> in fact, this isn't even fighting crime. This is, you know, what he does to relax. He has legal disputes. <laughs> Where's the coffee shop? <laughs> <laughs> so, what we've got is... Um, there's a series of actors who will dress up in costume in Times Square and sort of have a bit of a play with the public, try and generate a bit of money. And um, what's been happening is the uh, New York City Council has been trying to bring in regulations saying they're a bit of a pest. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they're not going to allow to do it anymore. What so, if they're dressed up as a pest? Then they're quite literally filling the... As giant the... rodents. Yes, that was, that, was, that was a pretty ropey joke, but continue, James. <laughs> it's okay, I got it, I got it. I mean, the thing is, where, where, where do you draw the line at, at, at a costume? Like, I see some people and I think, my God, Batman looks more normal than they do, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I see Batman and probably go, nah, I'd let him through, but not some of the people. You do see I, an interesting mm, mix around I, Derby. I've seen girls walking down the street with less makeup on than the Joker. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Less makeup on than the less joke. Less makeup on than. Oh, yeah, both, yeah. really. More. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> less, less makeup on than the Joker, you'd hope for. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you both laughed, so you, I assume the joke worked anyway. So there's a, uh, a really good picture at the start of this article of a guy dressed as the Joker, and he's addressing the um, city council during a, hi- uh, a heated regulation <laughs> a debate, effectively. Now, he's. Um, been issued a few statements. Oh, sorry, here we go. This straight up seems like fascism to me, and I'm not trying to be the Joker <laughs> oh. or be funny, said the Joker, whose real identity <laughs> is Kil- Keith Alberhe. Keith. Oh. Keith. Of course he's called Keith. He dresses up as the Joker and hangs so around he's New He's not York. quite Heath. Heath, uh, Heath. Heath Ledger, Keith Ledger, Keith Alberhe. I'm actually going to leave the studio. <laughs> so, and go back to the toilet. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'll find my beloved friend there. Still chatting with himself. Still doing it in the mirror. (laughs) They all hear me. (laughs) I might look clownish, but I'm speaking from the heart because I believe in the First Amendment. Outrageous. If he was a real clown, you would have said I'm speaking from the fart. (laughs) So the article goes on and we go into some of the uh, other people who dress up as characters in Times Square. Mm Mm-hmm. Morales, who also sometimes dresses as the penguin, said the law <laughs> violates our constitution, our fundamental right to be in the centre of the universe in New York. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> the centre of the universe. I mean, I suppose it depends more on what they're doing, because, I mean, if there was a couple of people standing there dressed as Batman, you know, people would take pictures on the phones, leave them to it. Yeah, yeah. But if they're literally running around just rugby tackling people... <laughs> I can understand why the uh, council would be upset. Really getting into character as the Joker. They just sort of saunter around slashing people's uh, <laughs> mouths open. Well, that got far Dark, grimmer man. than I was... Wait until you see what's coming up later in the show. That is a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, keep listening. Council members were divided on the bill. Some said it was too harsh on the Elmos and Spider-Men who roam around <laughs> Times Square, while others pushed for tougher regulations. It's a legitimate, full-on legal dispute. Yeah. It's really, really interesting, this. I'm pretty fascinated Just, is by Is someone it. dressed up as, like, Atticus Finch or Phoenix Wright in order to solve it? <laughs> oh, I'd hope so. I, I mean, mean, you can't really cosplay as Atticus Finch. But. Well, uh, as long as, you, you know, you're cosplaying in spirit. I mean, the thing is, I've, I've seen pictures of Times Square, and at no point did it look like what that is describing, which is, like, some strange Sesame Street where Batman's come to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that spin-off <laughs> crossover episode. <laughs> What's happening on Sesame Street? Batman's here. <laughs> He's come. I've come to talk to you about the letter B. <laughs> Where is the letter U? <laughs> 
One of Times Square's most famous denizens, the naked cowboy, <laughs> broke with his fellow performers to support the bill. In written testimony, the cowboy, whose real name is Robert Burke, said the growing number <laughs> of anonymous said the growing number of anonymous performers generates somewhat of an unnecessary fiasco that creates tension and intimidation with our city's visitors. As you'd assume would happen, really, mm. if someone's parading around New York. Is that, does that mean, like, people think that these people are real? And, like, they're like, <laughs> oh, my God, the Joker's over there. The and Joker's like, here. Yeah, and they freak out, and then they see Elmo, and <laughs> they, they have no idea how to react to Elmo. My childhood has come back to haunt me. <laughs> have you ever seen, there's a terrific picture, I think we'll put on the Twitter or whatever. We can put all these pictures, we'll be on the Twitter, the at Verb Dis Radio. Yeah. Um, there's a terrific picture of... Uh, Someone's having a photo taken. I think it's like Scooby Doo, and in the background you can see Elmo just looking really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because he wasn't getting his picture taken. <laughs> he just looks sort of outraged. Oh. Uh, as I say, we'll tweet it. We've got sort of audio visual content. With... Poor Elmo. Poor Elmo. <laughs> and that's not an instruction. I don't want you to tip Elmo down the sink. So I um, there's there's one little remark that just ties the article off. Right. And I have been cherry picking these moments here. The very last sentence of the article, I'm assuming the editor or the writer has had a bit of fun with this, but it's, everyone agreed the number of cookie monsters and smurfs has exploded in recent years. (laughs) (laughs) It's magical. I love love how official it is, and it's just full of, like, Batman, Cookie Monster, Elmo. I hope there's a full official document of this somewhere. Oh, it's bound to be. Like a recorded document. The thing is, you know someone's got to write down or type up everything that's said in a court? Yeah. Do you think in the... I assume they type it out as a script. Do you think they have to put down Batman and Elmo and give them (laughs) their lines? Batman, a.k.a. Keith. (laughs) I know that was the Joker, wasn't it? So they've now... Oh, they've that, now, that's the show ruined. This person has now writ- officially written a Batman script. Like, <laughs> this is uh, official. They're alongside the, the Nolans and the Tim Burtons of the world. That that judge is essentially the new Christopher Nolan. It's Batman, going, it's going to, Attorney. <laughs> it's going to be the next Christopher Nolan film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think... I'd love it if the in the upcoming 2015 Batman versus Superman it's just a really heated courtroom drama. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be very much up for that. I think that would hit Ben Affleck, Oscar winners, um, talents right on the head. Live from your student union, this is D1. The song's over, Pitbull. I'm shutting you down. We're stopping the party. This has gone on long enough, (laughs) Robbie. Okay, so Keira Knightley. What do we all think of Keira Knightley? Isn't she wonderful and beautiful and just a generally terrific human being? Yeah, she seems pretty cool. I'll be very honest. I mean, I'm having to currently IMDB uh, Keira Knightley because <laughs> the only thing I can think of is I, she was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I think that was her. She right? was. That yeah, was her yeah. in Pirates of the Caribbean. She's got two films out at the moment, which are Say When and The Imitation Game. Uh, one of which is really terrific. The other which is okay um is the good one the imitation game yes which is just fantastic benedict cumberbatch is outstanding um who anyway. has a name like benedict cumberbatch benedict cumberbatch apparently so anyway <laughs> i've managed to get hold of kira knightley's agent's address who will forward fan mail on to her and this is her actual agent's address yes. so we, this this le- i'm gonna then tonight post this letter that we are now going to write a fan letter to kira knightley from verbal discharge right and i thought we can do it between us and I'm going to post it onto Kira Knightley, and if we get a response, we will read it out on air in however long, whenever it comes through. So, do we have to write this as though we are a, a fan? 
we're an adoring fan, or well, we're writing it under the as, as we're verbal discharge. Okay, we're, we're going. Right. We're who we are. We accept who we are. So, um, <laughs> so, so I begin with dear Kira. Let's go for a yo Kira. No, 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 I don't know. Or is that? I think that's, maybe it's a bit too informal. Given yeah. that we're dear well, Kira, dearest dear Kira, dearest Kira, my dearest Kira, our dearest Kira, okay. or just dear dear Kira, dear Kira, dear Kira, okay. our precious Kira. So you're precious. you're actually writing this down. And you've got an envelope. Are we actually sending her a handwritten letter? I'm actually sending Kira Knightley a handwritten letter. This is magical. Okay. This is so actually happening. We've got dearest Kira. Okay. So how do we begin the letter? Um, I mean, I, I think personally, um, I'm I was impressed that you were number fifty three on Maxim's uh, Hot One Hundred in two thousand and five. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I think you know fifty three. She's almost in the top fifty percent. <laughs> so, from 2005. <laughs> from 2005. Dear Kira, I have been a fan since you were number 53 <laughs> in Maxim's Hot 100 in 2005. But I think you should have been like probably number two, number Put three. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> that, that's how we open. Oh, I've been a fan for longer than that. I feel we need to be more. But as a collective, that w- we are one entity. Okay. We, we've got to average it out. You love Kira Knightley. I have no idea who Kira Knightley is. So. <laughs> okay. So I'm the average. I, I assume that I became aware of her around 2005 or whenever the first Pirates of the Caribbean came out. I'd be around then, 2004, 2000. Are you imagine? Okay. Okay. So um, I, I, this might actually be accurate oh, wait, from my I'm, perspective. I'm really sorry. Uh, ranked number 20 on Maxim Magazine Hot 100 of 2007. Ah, she oh, climbed. She climbed. She, she jumped up a good few rankings. She got more years. attractive you, in two years. <laughs> Either that or she killed the 20 in front of her. <laughs> That's <laughs> what she was doing for the two years, just hitman list. It's like, no more heroes. That's okay. what her you know, career has come to. All of her aspirations. I want to be number one. <laughs> I want to be the most attractive woman on the Maxim Hot 100. <laughs> okay, so how are we starting this? Um, dear Kira... Um, have we gone for dear or dearest? Dear. Dearest. Um, I, I have been a fan of yours. I have... Or we have been a fan of yours. I. I, okay, but we'll, we're... We'll shift perspectives of... throughout the thing, okay. but, but never okay. acknowledge that we're more than one person. That way, she'll think that we're not all there and take pity on us and respond. <laughs> I've thought this through. I've really been playing I have been out. a fan of yours um, since my... Let, let's... In fact, let's state a time, but in no way expand upon it, since the 4th of January 2006, and never specify why that date. Let's, yeah, have, have a good opening for this. 4th of January 2006? Uh, are we thinking 2000, maybe 2003? 2003. 2003. Yeah, why not? Okay. Uh, you can also listen live as I write down, on the, a man writes things down on the piece of paper. Okay. Top. I, no, I've been a fan of yours since... <laughs> I have been alive. <laughs> since the 4th of January 2003. Okay. Um, in my days, um, in the home for blind orphans, <laughs> no, 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 my just, only no, we're, joy we're, no, we're, we're would come it. from a pirate copy of Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean at World's End. We can't say we're in a, we're in a um, blind people home because we're not. We're sending it on behalf of Mr. Verbal Discharge. Mr. Verbal. Do we have to imagine who this is now? I don't know. Um, we can. Okay, in my days... It, Dear um, Kira Knightley, your work in the first two Pirates of the Caribbean films was incredible. Your, your work in everything that isn't the Pirates of the Caribbean films has been generally very good. <laughs> Atonement was good. She was pretty good in yeah. that. 
<laughs> can we have a one paragraph that's just loved atonement? <laughs> Top quality film. I'm reading a sentence here. Again, like you guys are pulling off memory. I've just got trivia in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's these, these are quotes that she said. And she says, Do you know that on all sets I've been on, nobody has ever made a pass at me? And I think I'd, I'd like to put in that I'd like to rectify that. <laughs> um, you know, if I'm ever on set, I will make a point to make a pass at her. Um, because obviously she's upset at it, so... She's just heartbroken. Yeah. Also worth noting, last week I did make mention of Kira Knightley and how I would shoot up an entire school for her. I remember so maybe it's you worth saying. pointing that in. Um, so let, let's so, go So for we've it. got In My Days in... Shall I cross that out? Yeah, let, let, let's, let's pitch that. Let's, let's that go out. for Kira Knightley. If I was on a set with you, I'd... Definitely take make a do pass. We, do just, we know where I would wolf from? whistle at you from scaffolding. <laughs> Do we know where the quote came from? Uh, or no, okay. I'm afraid it's it's literally just the quote on its own. <laughs> and there's no there's no context or anything. There's one that says I'm a tomboy beanpole. Tomboy beanpole. No context. What's just... this a beanpole? I've no idea. To a, be a honest, a pole made of beans. That'd how, be amazing. How would you keep that structurally sound? They just collapse, <laughs> and then your breakfast would be ruined. Does that mean she's just a collapsing tomboy? Maybe. She just faints a lot. <laughs> okay, so I've written Kira Knightley in reference to an interview you gave in 2007. I, I've made this bit up. I've fabricated it for the sake of explanation so that okay. she understands. Um, <laughs> in which you said, nobody, and I haven't finished the sentence, but nobody has made a pass at you. I would, I intend to rectify, if ever put in the position, I would rectify th- this. If put in the position, I would rectify that. Okay. Or, or rectify that by, statement. By wolf whistling from scaffolding. I feel that that, <laughs> yeah. We've really got to get to the heart of our argument here. Just, we are filthy animals. Yeah. That's all it is. All it is. So, um, you, this is an actual handwritten letter. Although, despite, although you have crossed a lot out. Um. So, it's not the... Um, we are going to have to say, in order to justify, like, the... Sorry, Robbie, your handwriting. And the bit that you've crossed out. We'll probably have to say this is from, like, an eight-year-old or something. That's your more likely reply. <coughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. you know, because you've got the most baby face of all of us. Like, put a picture of your face being sad, <laughs> like, in there. So, like, she'd just be like, oh, message him back. Hey, look at this. <laughs> look at this obvious eight-year-old. <laughs> I am so eight. You guys would not even believe how eight I am. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have a baby face? Well, I mean, because me and Robbie have got beards. Uh, and, and, you know, I think oh. yours fell off. Mine fell off. <laughs> I, I grew a beard for a bit and then decided it's not a good beard, so we mm. got rid of it. So, what have we got here, Robbie? Okay, so, dear Kira, I've been a fan of yours since the 4th of January 2003. Kira Knightley, in reference to an interview you gave in 2007, in which you said nobody's ever made a pass at you on set, if I was ever given a chance, I would wolf whistle at you from a balcony stroke scaffolding. Because <laughs> I wrote balcony and then realised, oh, scaffolding was what we were going for. Okay. I'm... Um, I'm- Yep. That's, that, that's a good yep. intro. What, what points do we want to raise with Kira? Um, I thought your Owen Award-nominated performance in Seeking a Friend for the End of the World was pretty terrific. Um, but we can, we can condense that down into just the bare bones. Can we bullet point the rest of the letter? Yes. Reasons, okay, okay go, go into reasons why you're the best, and reasons then we'll do bullet points. Why? <laughs> 
You're the best. Listen live as I write down on a piece of paper. <laughs> okay. This is riveting Reasons radio material. You just talk amongst yourselves. I'll write down the one I just said. Yep. Okay. So why why is she the best? I to be honest, I might need you to just give me like what what films has she done like that I would know? Pirates of the Caribbean. Obviously. Um <laughs> what I, well, I don't know what because she's gone into a lot of sort of serious dramatic roles. She as did a lot of kind of period drama, so Atonement and Anna Karenina. And, she was um, in. I think what, what was the, what was the Christmas one? Oh, Love Actually. Love Actually. Love Actually. She was in yes. Love Actually. Mm. Yeah. Was she in uh, Saw? No. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't her then. That no. would have been a very different role <laughs> in a subpar horror series. I say subpar. They went downhill after the second one. Mm. Um, okay, have we got any more reasons why we love Kira Knightley? Um, you were great in Saw. <laughs> <laughs> can we make out as though... I've just written down Saw was great. Can we list all of the reasons as though she's Anna Kendrick? <laughs> <laughs> well, Actually, why? Apparently on the filming of Star Wars, um, her and, is it Natalie Portman? Yeah. Because yeah. they look so similar, their own mothers couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> so we should just list why all of Natalie Portman's films and say we oh, loved yeah, her in all I of them. She, she was very, very briefly in episode one, I believe. Mm. She was cast as Natalie Portman's body double. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just read so it. So. She it dies in like the opening <laughs> scene. It's like, there's a body double. Not anymore. Just say, <laughs> just say I am, I'm, hate that you didn't get an Oscar for Star Wars. I hate that you didn't get an Oscar for Lord of the Rings (laughs) an Oscar for also your debut album I'm Kira and I Love It was easily (laughs) the best doom metal album of the past decade she sings on the soundtrack to Begin Again which came out earlier this year and is great and she's she's actually a really good singer so she should release an album okay so what what have we got so far Um, for the bullet points so your performance for which you received no award nomination in Seeking from the End of the World was fantastic Saul was great um, I hate that you didn't get an Oscar for Silence of the Lambs um, <laughs> I know you weren't in it but all the same do you think she's secretly Nicole Kidman no I don't I think she's Keira Knightley okay I, I think we we uh, yeah we've just about run that one to that, that's probably enough to qualify as a decent letter I, okay. I feel okay. we, we can make one final point like by the way are you secretly Nicole Kidman? <laughs> oh, the other thing I want to actually make I have a tenor riding on you being Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> um, George Osborne actually said he, she was a celebrity he fancied the most and she didn't freak out about that. So I think she deserves co- accommodation. No, applause for that. Accommodation? Um, accommodation. She deserves accommodation in my house. There's a shed <laughs> um, you can stay in, Kira. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get back to you on the Kira Knightley letter. We'll... Yeah, we'll hopefully we'll hear back from her before too long. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh man. 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 So, it's time to pit you against each other again oh. like the bloodthirsty dogs that you are and you know, give you guys an argument. So, Robbie, if you Hello. would care to reach into the hat, I'm reaching into and the pull hat out of a point. And pulling out a point of moodiness. before you read it out, just to make things clear to the audience, what's going to happen here is Robbie will have to argue whatever point is on the card. Okay. And Martin will have to argue back to him the opposite of the card. It's very straightforward, mm-hmm. very simple. It's, you'll get the idea. Robbie, yeah. what do we have on there? Okay. Hitler did nothing wrong okay oh. right i was uh part of me was hoping we'd get that one this is going to be interesting um 
So what's going to happen now is Robbie is going to argue the point that Hitler did nothing wrong. Now, one thing we do have to... Um, <laughs> one thing we've got to do... Uh, we're going to have to read out. I'll just go through this quickly. <clears throat> the following segment in no way represents the views of D1 Radio or the University of Derby Students' Union as a whole. The matters being discussed are being done so in a comedic way and should not be construed as any serious statement or political theory. Neither D1 Radio nor the University of Derby Students' Union endorse or in any way condone the actions of the Nazi party. If any listeners are affected by the issues being discussed, they are advised to contact us at station.manager at d1radio.com. Again, that is station.manager at d1radio.com. That is all lowercase as well. It doesn't represent the views of D1, but it does represent the views of me. So That's I'll... a joke. I, by the way, I, I probably can't know nothing <laughs> I'm about to say. Yeah, we, we really should make clear here. Robbie is being forced to make this point in a weird way. I've actually got a gun that you uh, won't be able to see because this is radio. <laughs> so, you ready to do this? Yes. Your two and a half minutes are starting in three, two, one, go. Okay, so, <coughs> I think, if you look at the key thing people talk about when they talk about Hitler, is his sort of bad, or his, his, his fantastic stretch, uh, that's about seven years, mm. in which he basically killed a great number of Jews. Right. Now, if you ever think... <laughs> If you were to think about this, so, um, I don't know, Woody Allen. Um, well. Uh, yeah, who else? Um, Rashida Jones. Is more, she more, Jewish? Yeah, she's Jewish. Oh, I didn't know that. Who else is Jewish? Uh, Jewish celebrities. Um, there's loads of them. Seth Rogen, right? I don't think we would be living in a worse world if all of them were just killed that by one be. megalomaniac. Yeah, terrible. Okay, uh, po- point taken into account. Um, but again, I... I because of what happened last time, I've decided to pull things up on my... I googled Hitler, uh, is what I'm saying here. Um, and in, Google, big, in is Hitler? big letters at the top, and I think this just, you know, this will put a spin on your point. In big, bold letters, it just says, invaded Poland. <laughs> uh, Which isn't that necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it stopped them coming over here and stealing all our jobs. <laughs> Oh, wow, is that where Ooh, we're going um, with That's this? where we're going. And I'll I tell you what, I'll, I'll bring this down a little bit as well. I mean, a, a, apart from all the, you know, atrocities that Hitler uh, did, I'm sure he did other things wrong. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, went up a down escalator. Oh. <laughs> he, he, he surely did. They have escalators in Nazi Germany. Um, uh, you'd assume so. You know, they've got the German efficiency. <laughs> Daniel- they're, they're so efficient, we don't need to walk upstairs anymore. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is Jewish. Oh, is he? Think Ooh. about... Yeah. Okay, there you go. You get rid of Harry Potter. Or you... I know I know a person that would be... Oh, you can't... Mate, there is so many people that would revolt if you got rid of <laughs> Harry Potter. Like, it, Hitler, if Hitler tried it now and he got rid of Harry yeah. Potter, he'd, just, he'd fall in a day. <laughs> if he tried it now. Yeah, because he'd just get loads of people running at him with, like, wands and brooms and just kicking the <laughs> hell out he's, of him. He's been sitting in his, uh, in his bunker all this time, waiting for another opportunity mm. to strike back. You've got about 25 seconds. Round Jason it up. Isaacs as well. Hello to Jason Isaacs. I mean, he is uh, Jewish. We get rid of him. We just, just think of all the people we could get rid of, and everyone would have blue hair... No, blue, blue eyes and blonde hair, which I think really is ideal. Hitler painted. Yeah. Really? Yes. He did wrong. He painted. <laughs> but he was, I mean, he was pretty rubbish as a painter. <laughs> Five seconds. Um, but he had good intentions. He was artistic, um, which I think is something we need to commend in society. And that's it. Okay, so your final point was that we need to commend his artistic <laughs> attributes. Yes. Right, okay. And you, you argued that by painting... 
mm. he was a bad person. I think so because, like, you know, it's it's Hitler painting, isn't it? Like, Hitler painting. He was he was really <laughs> bad at painting faces just because he, he hated people. <laughs> it's, Brilliant. It's true. I saw a thing on it once. He just couldn't draw faces. <laughs> I may pull this back also um, as my kind of trump card do last week when we had we mentioned Hitler as well and you said you wouldn't go back and kill him as a child <sighs> suggesting that he yeah, did nothing yeah. wrong there's a running theme of Hitler on these Hitler, shows yeah, <laughs> but um, regardless of uh, Hitler I do have to um, award I do have to give someone the victor's card for that round and I think I'm going to have to give it to Martin oh, admittedly Robbie yeah. you did have the harder point to argue <laughs> could say that i won't lie it was a slightly one-sided debate there <laughs> well I, I think we came to some good points i wasn't aware that hitler painted so hitler painted yeah. hitler was an artist yeah i didn't know that yeah. hitler was an artist an artist's <laughs> a strong word <laughs> hitler found some crayons once you that's know gonna I mean? go on the uh, on the blurb of hitler's uh, autobiography or biography autobiography still there that'd be impressive away. yeah chapter two then i killed everyone <laughs> <laughs> Chapter so, um, two. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that early on. That's chapter two. The whole of the second world war is chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> chapter two was what he did afterwards. He no, went he's... through his experimental stages. <laughs> mm, you know, his childhood is chapter one. The world war two is an appendix. That's not even <laughs> worthy of inclusion in the main article. In the entire biography of Hitler, more time <laughs> is spent discussing his paintings <laughs> and how he developed as an artist than he was for all the terrible things that he's done. I see bloodshed as an art in itself, though. From one great song to another, this is your student radio station, one I'm on top of the world, and so are you, because you're listening to us, Robbie. Okay, hello. Um... So, UKIP, we all know UKIP, they apparently won a by-election today. Oh, yeah. Good old mm. UKIP with their policies. Now, UKIP, last year, most of their funding didn't come from sort of private benefactors or whatever. It came from merchandising sellings, so, uh, sales. No. They made over eight uh, £800,000 through selling UKIP merchandise. Is that like mini like action figures and <laughs> like UKIP action figures? You can little, make them fight a mini David Cameron. Little Nigel Farage. <laughs> you press the button on his back for chain smoking action. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into some of that as sort of so these sort of ties umbrellas etc. Um, but I was looking at their catalogue this morning and they've added some new new items this morning oh. on the online UKIP catalogue. With little bobbleheads. I take you through <laughs> some of these. So, um, so with their descriptions and so on. So you got UKIP travel pillows. Oh, exciting oh. new item. Mm. Uh, so you can have some comfort on those long, scary trips outside the UK. <laughs> uh, UKIP fold-up horses, so you never have to sit fold on revolting fo- foreign soil again. You can instead fold just, up horses. Instead, just keep this handy horse in your luggage, unfold at any time, and ride victoriously across the filthy Romanian soil. Excuse me, sir. Can we uh, can we just have a word to you over here? Is this your horse? <laughs> no horses on this airline. You can fold it up. It's fine. It fits in your hand luggage. <laughs> Terrific. It means the moment you come off the horse, you just throw it out, it unfolds itself, you get on and you gallop away. Like Deployable something. horse. Yes. <laughs> That's another good band name. <laughs> um, UKIP sunscreen. Sunscreen, sorry. Because there's only one thing worse than skin cancer, and that's foreign skin cancer. An <laughs> <laughs> uh, inflatable Nigel Farage to teach your kids to swim the British way. <laughs> No, no, no alligators, no crocodiles. You just let them ride Nigel Farage in the water. <laughs> cool, now there's oh, an I'd image. love that. Kids like just sat on his back as he desperately tries to paddle, weighed <laughs> down because his body's failing on him, and gradually 
he drowns. Mm. Okay, you know those, those tubes that go. Nur, 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 nur. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those tubes, yeah. I want one of those, but with Paul Nuttall's face on it. <laughs> Little like kaleidoscope horn things. Yeah, this, uh, and he, maybe you could add sort of a uh, uh, get rid of all the blacks. Uh, uh, just a sound. Okay, um, well, perhaps step four. That is not one of UKIP's policies. Um, D One Radio would like to clarify that we do not want to do that. Uh, nor do UKIP. Um, apparently. <laughs> Okay, UKIP exercise books to be sold on master schools so they can take a leaf out of the Conservative Party's attempts to politicise the politicalise the education system. <laughs> um, and then also, if you've got these offers, there's a no. So you've seen all these products. There's a special offer on at the moment. Oh, a so special if you're, offer. You're looking to buy something from the online UKIP catalogue, right? You can buy one and get one free, but it can't be two of the same project pod, product because that'd be disgusting and devalues my right to own two completely separate products. <laughs> Interesting offer. Nice. And these are all straight from the site. Straight from the site. So, yeah, you can get any two mm. as long as they're not the same ones. I think I might have to pick myself up an inflatable Nigel Farage. <laughs> There's <laughs> so many like applications for that. I'm on a deployable horse. <laughs> It'd be great for quick getaways as well. You know, you've got you've got to run from people such as foreigners that you've just dagged, presumably. <laughs> and, you know, you've got to get away. Deployable horse on it, galloping <laughs> forward and away from them. What about a deployable <laughs> Nigel Farage? You just throw him out and he'll fight off anything that's coming like after you. Yeah. I choose you. He's so decrept and world-weary now that you'd throw him out and he'd just get beaten to death. <laughs> he'd get maybe one or two hits. Actually, having a Nigel Farage that you could throw out and just watch get beaten to death would be pretty funny, I mean. So. Like a day brightener. <laughs> get the whole you know what would just make this afternoon complete? <laughs> if I watch Nigel Farage get beaten to death. <laughs> oh, now, there's there's a thing we can't possibly endorse as part of D1 Radio or Verbal Discharge, though it's true nonetheless. Keep up to date on everything happening in your student's union. Visit www.udsu.co.uk. So I found another good news story. Have you? This this one's quite an interesting one. And this is one called Chinese Boy, 12, found living in Ikea store for six days after running away from home. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this, this one's an interesting one. Peng Yijian said he lived off free food samples inside the store and presumably slept on one of the retailer's bedroom displays. <laughs> the boy fled home after getting into an argument with his mother over his maths homework. <laughs> okay, that's trivial. No, if you're going to run, run away to any store, though, I feel it would be Ikea. I often walk around <laughs> and think, do you know what? I wish my house looked like that. I suppose you could move in quite easily. And if you get bored of your bedroom, you just go to the next show and uh, it's all new. I find <laughs> this article is quite interesting because... It doesn't so much cover the events surrounding the boy running away from home and living in Ikea yeah. as it assesses the practicalities of living in Ikea. That <laughs> There's a lot of articles of... Um, let's go. It's unclear exactly where he slept at night, but some reports have speculated he slept on one of the Swedish furniture retailers' show beds. Mm. And obviously, do you think he had to sort of make the bed each morning <laughs> so he wouldn't get found out and then go find a cupboard to hide in? <laughs> yeah, did he just wander around as though he was in the store? Or did he... He's 12, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's a bit old to go in the crash then. You'd assume so. Because you see kids wandering around Ikea all the time. Whenever you're in there, you open a cupboard and there's one in there. Maybe they're oh. just the ones that haven't been found yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perpetual game of hide and seek. They're actually like wasps. They just make a nest in the middle of the... Of Ikea. I'll tell you what, it'd be a really easy way to get rid of a child. You, just, <laughs> you, you rock up to Ikea, hide and seek, because drive off. We, we hadn't had enough of finishing off kids last week. <laughs> Available oh. as a podcast if you want to hear James 
deciding whether he wants to kill a child. How are we still on air? <laughs> Yuxian's mum said it was the first time her son had run away. Oh, sorry, it wasn't the first time her son had run away, but it was the longest time that he'd gone missing. She told the police, meanwhile, that she and her husband would try to communicate better with him in the future. You'd hope. The first time he ran away, did he go to DFS and just find the beds weren't comfy enough? <laughs> Does their sale ever end? No. No. It's, it's it an endless... That's why he went there first time, and then he was like, nah, our kid has got the better beds. You know, they've got memory foam and stuff. They're not kind of the uh, bad ones that are on offer. They just <laughs> want to get rid of them. I mean, I'm not discrediting DFS, but, I mean, everything's on sale all the time, so presumably it's not the highest quality bed furnishings. Maybe he's just, like, allergic to leather. Allergic to leather? Allergic, maybe he's allergic to cut prices. <laughs> he goes to Ikea where handle just extortionate it. I've had to go to Ikea the prices are too competitive <laughs> I just can't deal with it anymore it's like a sort of um, Ikea no Asda mascot Asda mascot Asda mascot no never mind okay that was going nowhere um, continue is there does, any more does Asda story? have a mascot I want to stay on it's this it's a little gnome now Oh, no. The little gnome. Oh, no. the li- that's the that's just grotesque. Have you seen it? I don't think so. It's no. I think it's three or four gnomes, isn't yeah. it? In a mankini, um, just oh. having a fish, and like they put massive posters of it right in front of you, and there's just this fat gnome in a mankini, <laughs> and Asda are going, yeah, this will sell food. Are they sort By... of, Are they the ceramic garden gnomes? Yeah, or yeah. just like middle aged <laughs> blokes in hats? <laughs> yeah, it's it's yes, a bit no, like Dave's station. <laughs> if you're aware Dave of Dave Station, Station. you mentioned Dave Station to me before. Dave I Station love that is idea. Fantastic. There's um, sometimes on Dave at two or three in the morning, mm. they play footage of just a kind of morbidly obese bloke <laughs> sat in front of a phone. I put it on once and he was having a takeaway. <laughs> and then he is spilt he... a bit down himself, sort of looked at it for a bit, and then just scraped it back up with his cutlery and ate it and kept going. <laughs> is he? Is he called Dave? I assume so. There's a little texts running along the bottom as well that people have sent in, and there's one from his mum asking him <laughs> when he's going to be home, <laughs> and that he's very good on the TV. Is he? He's like Chang Pang. What was his name? Ping Yang. Peng Yang. Peng Yang. So he's run away from home to be on Dave Station rather than IKEA. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Only he doesn't get the beautiful beds on offer. This is a uh, another interesting thing. The Longyuan Middle School student was finally caught Sunday afternoon. Police spotted him on a surveillance camera at Shanghai South Railway Station the previous day. Right. Now, this is interesting, because he's not been staying in the IKEA. He's been wandering about. He's been everywhere. He's been to (laughs) train stations. He's obviously been to DFS and not liked it. I don't know what happened to my accent then. (laughs) DFS. (laughs) He then returns to IKEA to sleep. That's oh, yeah. at closing time it'd fill his day it's like he's coming home yeah, he's, he's been out for the day he hasn't been in school or anything then to I'm, be honest I'm flat hunting currently and I, I'm thinking <laughs> I might just do this like get up the Ikea up the road <laughs> and like when nobody's looking you know the beds that you've got drawers underneath just yeah. get one of them and uh, just wait until it's dark it'd be great yeah. do, do you think the shower's there Rum? So very quickly in the morning, when they put the lights on, but the customers haven't come in, you can just have a quick, you know, body wash. I like the thought of them sort of walking past the shelving units and wondering why they're slowly filling up with DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Is someone living here, Gav? I don't know. I was curious as to what all of these plates were piling up for. <laughs> and you're just a shadow in the background, an enemy to the IKEA staff. Good link, James. Good. Pretty good. 
pretty good. So you know those those posts that appear on Twitter, on Facebook, on whatever. They go, "Hey, do you want to feel old? This is what the baby from Nirvana looks like now." Then the Nevermind album <laughs> looks like. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. This yeah. this is what such and such looks like anymore now. Anymore. Anymore. This is what they look like anymore. <laughs> um, I found a few more, few new ones. I've done some research. I've done some digging. And right. I found, I, I looked into a variety of um, mascot, advertising mascots from the last 10, 15, 20 years. Okay. And I found out where they are now. How far their careers have declined. Yeah. So if you, you want to feel old, this is what these advertising mascots are up to now. Right. Tony the Tiger. We all remember Tony the Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. They're great! Yeah, um, he now has Alzheimer's, unfortunately. <laughs> um, he now simply thinks they're great! You declined a bodily functionality! Okay, wow. uh, that, that was a joke. Wow. That was a joke about Tony the Tiger having Alzheimer's. Um, Fascinating. The, you know the you, Crusher Cats advert? Want some Crusher! Yeah. We want some Crusher! Yeah. They're tough enough to make milkshake! I, I remember them. Yeah, That's well, what I was trying to say. The, the main Crusher cat who appears in the middle, he's now a massive racist. Um, and he blames it on the old days, back when nobody was tough enough to make milkshake. So you had your, <laughs> so you had your slave do it for you. Back in the days of <laughs> tough cat pubs. <laughs> Gonna go um, down and have some milkshake with the lads. This also explains... No, you're always... This is his cat wife. I don't know why she's sort of Dutch. <laughs> no, you always come home and the dairy makes you crazy and you, you beat me with your cat fists. Although this explains why there's no chocolate flavour. Um, moving on. The, the, you know, so, it looks like chocolate chip cookies. It tastes like them too. But it's a small child! Yes, it turns out the Cookie Crisp Wolf is actually under, under, under investigation by Operation Utree. <laughs> Which is fairly tragic. Those two children appeared in the advert wow, with him. Wow, okay. They've not got out unscarred. So, um, to all of our listeners, thanks for listening to this one on our last ever show. <laughs> um, I hope you've enjoyed the ride as much as we have. Um, okay, and then the next one. Uh, in the remake of the Morgan Freeman classic, the title has been changed from Diving Miss... Dri- Diving Miss Daisy? Diving, Diving Miss, Miss Daisy. Daisy. That's a very different film. Push her off the diving board. <laughs> and just watch her see sinks. Belly flop. Okay, change from Driving Miss Daisy, not to Diving Miss Daisy, but to Driving Miss Dara Lee. And the Dara right. Lee cow was cast in the lead role. Such is her age now. Does the Dara Lee cow drive? Or, yeah. or, or does Morgan Freeman do the driving Morgan for Freeman drives the Dara Lee driving cow Miss Dara Lee. to, I don't know, like Alabama or somewhere. I think it'd be great if there was a film entirely about Morgan Freeman driving a truck full of uh, sort of cooled cheese. <laughs> so he's in sort of a big refrigeration unit transporting cheese to and from wherever the world needs cheese <laughs> I must get this cheese to where it needs to go the first time I transported Dairy Lee <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the final final mascot I have looked up um, and I'm sorry to break this news to you but Ronald McDonald is dead oh. Oh. whatever happened to him oh, he died oh well there we go does that mean the Hamburglar got promoted <laughs> is it is it McHamburglers now? There was a hostile takeover of the. Whatever company. happened to the Hamburglar? Like his friends and all the. He others. was incarcerated. Ah, fair <laughs> enough. Ended up at Guantanamo. <laughs> so yeah, I I mean I'll continue looking up, but from the impression I get, most of them have disappeared. They're now trying to run alternative careers, or they're working in musical theatre, serving a McSentence. Mm. This, this is one.
So, you know these arguments we've been doing? No. That I've been staging? No, I don't. Can you, you explain don't know them, them briefly for well, anyone who just tuned in? I'm very glad you've said that, Robert. You see, what's going to happen here is I've got... This on a bit of paper. It's the last one left, so there's no point in me uh, even having it mm. or passing it out to one of right. you. What's going to happen is I'm going to give Martin here this slip of paper. He's going to read what's on it, and we'll have two and a half minutes to argue whatever point it says. In that two and a half minutes, Robert, you've got to argue the opposite side. Martin, okay. would you care to take that? Okay. I very specifically selected you for this one. Okay. The <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, the best is the best movie soundtrack in the history of the world. Now, you've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy, am I correct? I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I know of the soundtrack. I don't know what's on the soundtrack. <laughs> well, this is perfect for you. Then. I know that it's been released on a tape. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, are, you are equipped okay. to do this. Um, okay, I'm going to so, start wait, off with... Three, two, one, go. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start off with uh, the point that I just made, which is this is the first album in... God knows how long that must have been put onto a tape. Is that not backwards though? That's taking us. To yeah, but it's it's a, I think, recessive. I think the tape's old enough now. It's like you know when it's like look at your classic tractor magazine. Yes. You've got normal tractors and you've got your classic tractors. You know what I mean? Like somebody might bring out a new tractor that looks like an old tractor. But <laughs> but this is <laughs> but this is a novelty. This isn't actually stating the album's any good mm. because because in the story it's it's in it's a tape. Um, Someone's going, oh, that would be a cool novelty thing. Like if, say, let's say um, Pulp Fiction, because I'm appealing to James. Right. Um, which has a terrific soundtrack, oh, regardless yeah, yeah, of opinions does. on the film. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to mark you down for that. <laughs> no, okay. So, for something like Pulp Fiction, if there was a moment in which, or the radio station in uh, Reservoir Dogs, which is excellent, um, oh. if, for example, that was a real radio station, it'd be a similar sort of novelty. Mm. Um, it's not. But that's the point you're arguing. I mean, if that was it's, the case. it's true that the only people like who own the tape version are people who also own typewriters and <laughs> sit in Starbucks a lot. But um, no, I definitely, uh, you know, interesting what, image give, you've give me, got of them there. Give me one song off the album. Um, uh, Come and get your love, Cherry Bomb. Um, uh, that's why it's the best Daydream. album in the world. Huh? Moon Age Daydream, David Bowie. There you go. Best album in the world. I haven't heard either of those songs. <laughs> um, Any of them. No, they I, are good songs, I saw, though. I also saw the, uh, the front of the album mm-hmm. on uh, iTunes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, it's it's a very pretty album front, I feel. It does. It's uh, got a you good know, it's, cover. It's got a yeah. nice, nice feel to it, and it, it accompanies a big now, film. And the best album in the world, you know, I mean, a lot of people would say, uh, I don't know, uh, Pink Floyd or something like that. You know, you, you, the classics of people going, oh, really good albums. But uh, no, I'd say that Guardians of the Galaxy we, takes the strongest of all Do we not these. feel it's a bit soon, though, to launch into this as being the all-time classic? I feel you need time to let it settle on you. Because at the moment, even though it's sort of based on sort of 80s stuff... 20 seconds. And if it was released in the 80s, I don't know if we'd have the same level of nostalgia. I think a lot of it is for people going, Oh, I love that back in the 80s! <laughs> uh, I think there's a certain level of nostalgia on top of a certain level of... 10 seconds. ...new novelty of people going, Oh, this is great, this is new, this is current. There are better soundtracks available. Five seconds. Less, but I've only got five seconds. I think it'll be an instant classic. There we go. That very nicely ties us off there. So, well done to both of you. I think we, we raised some good points. Very good for you, Martin, making a defence of it despite being blissfully mm. unaware of it. Mm. But no, you certainly did well, based on the fact that your only knowledge of it is that you briefly saw the cover of the album on <laughs> iTunes. And it was a nice cover, I have it, to say. It is a nice cover. Mm. 
I mean, it's, a, it's a picture of a tape, but as pictures of tapes go... Imagine poor. when you get the tape, because there'll be a picture of the tape on, on the, the tape. On the picture of tape. Right. <laughs> Mind blown. Do you think they've done that? Incept I think tape. So. Incept tape. Incept tape. No, I it just doesn't would work. have gone for tapeception. The thing but... is, when people do that sort of inception thing... That's not it what inception is. No, because inception is uh, some the beginning it's... of something. Inception was in the film the planting of an idea, wasn't yeah, it? Because that's what when when something people sees just assume oh there, there's layers yeah. like an onion. All oh, got us have layers. You creative <laughs> writing types. Oh, you guys. Um, I'm going to give that one. I feel as though the argument on Robbie's side was fought a little stronger, but given that Martin didn't know his <laughs> any of his starting material, I think I'll have to hand it over there. Uh, there we go. I'm. I'm going to applaud myself because nobody else did. Uh, that's a 2-1 victory there. Well, we'll try that next week with whoever it is we've got in next week. Maybe one of the regular hosts <laughs> will return. But until then, Robbie, what is it? Uh, a loss. Get, get in touch with us. www.facebook.com slash d1radio or tweet us at d1radio. Okay, welcome back. I've been allowed to uh, pull it all back in again. I've been trusted once more, which is... A terrible mistake. Awful um, idea. Worst idea we've ever had. I found I found it quite interesting that you two were talking about Inception and, you know, the, the meaning behind the word. And mm. I, I, because you're creative writers, obviously you know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea, like, how to define it. Okay. So um, during the song, I decided to ask my phone to... Uh, di- <laughs> yep, my phone knows a lot more than I do, so... Um, I can I can do it now. It's it's the S five that does the you know the OK, OK Google. Is how this much? Placement? Yeah. How much money have you been given to do this? <laughs> this oh I mate this is uh, this has all been given to me off the you know uh, radio el- obviously. Do you know what else is great? What Domino's Pizza. <laughs> uh, Domino's Pizza. We all love Domino's Pizza. <laughs> I wish there was an alternative company. I, I know. Run by a trusted by elderly a father, man. Uh, yeah. a, a father. Some of, sort of father with figure a, with a traditional a standard name, yes. name but. That's not if there. only such a thing existed. It doesn't exist. Mm. Yes. I, I feel I was out of an inside joke there. <laughs> <laughs> there are some of our listeners who okay. may understand that. So to, to put it out in, in more of a straightforward, I'm going to try, try it now with my phone. I'm going to ask okay. Google. I'm going to stop saying what I need to say because I keep firing it up and knackering it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to ask Google to define Inception for us. And, right. uh, so let's see if it works. Uh, okay, Google. Okay, Google. Define Inception. There was part of me that was hoping... Inception, you... oh. the establishment or starting point of an institution or activity. Brilliant. Oh, nice. I am thrilled by that. I Good feel that know. was very worth it. So now do we get our big endorsement from Galaxy? <laughs> I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, they haven't paid us for this, but no. if the heads of Galaxy, the if CEO, if they are listening... Feel free to send money our yep. way. We can ramble about how good you are for a solid two hours. Every Almost day. definitely, yeah. We will accept any and all offers of cash. My I mean, phone is the only contribution I've had to this. Like, literally, I've just been Googling things for the last two hours. <laughs> but yeah. it was such a good sponsorship deal. You secured <laughs> us that we're willing to look past it. Listen live as a man writes on a piece of paper and another scrolls through his phone. It's brilliant. It's top quality radio stuff. But like all top quality radio stuffs and things... Mm. It might be time to uh, to wind things down. Unfortunately, so we've we've had a a good 
couple of hours here. Yeah. It's, it's been a bit interesting. We've Martin, you've you've performed well. I've, given that I've had my birth, and my birth was fantastic. And it, your mother's finally out of the room, which yeah, is terrific. She's in she's in care now. She'll be not like she, I haven't given her <laughs> into care, like just given her away. But you've birthed me now. We're going to wheel you <laughs> off. The men Soon in the coats birthers. have come. Yeah, it's bound to happen. Bound to happen. <laughs> so no, um, it's been a good good first mm-hmm. uh, introduction. I feel and. Hopefully next week we should have more of the team, perhaps. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Can... What, what else do we need to say? What have we come to? Uh, what, the... what have we gathered from this? Episode? Having having already quickly plugged Samson, it's our own plugs. Um, now, the important thing to say is that Verbal Discharge will be back again before next week. That we're going to be doing a show on Monday evening as part of uh, the D1. The station is doing a D24 marathon in which oh, they'll yeah. be broadcasting for 24 hours so you can give generously you can find the facebook and the twitter for d1 um which is just done radio and you can get in touch with us through that and perhaps donate money uh we we'll, the verbal discharge leg of the marathon will be from nine so you can listen in then um also this show that's happened if you miss anything will be available as a podcast you can find us on twitter facebook as we've already mentioned uh other sort find of us things. seek us out seek us out like like something in a young adult novel <laughs> um, you can find us. We are the MacGuffin of your life. The MacGuffin. The MacGuffin. Are you not familiar with the term MacGuffin? I thought the you Mac- said McMuffin. <laughs> we are the McMuffin of your life. The we MacGuffin. Are your favorite breakfast. The MacGuffin sounds like a uh, puppet character from a sort of like mid eighties uh, aspirational quest film starring a kid. <laughs> Come on, MacGuffin. Let's go into the lost cave. <laughs> okay, John. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it sounds like. That the MacGuffin is the item in a film that sort of or the person that someone is chasing someone is trying to get hold of ah. so the princess or the the amulet of gahul or whatever the amulet of gahul from game of thrones my favorite item i do feel that we also uh should apologize um uh, that there have been a few things said over the course of this show <laughs> um as stated we don't agree with the policies of hitler or the nazi party um we absolutely well you, you know you heard the disclaimer <laughs> earlier on but yeah, just just felt we should drop that one. Really clarify, <laughs> drive that point home. Drop it like the bomb dropped on Nagasaki. Oh my! Okay, <laughs> this is obviously going to be the last show we ever do. But um, obviously, when we get off the show mm. and we get kicked off air and get knocked down, do you know what we've got to do? Get ba- back up again. Probably open a sandwich shop. <laughs>